Blog Talk Radio. Gentlemen, welcome to the Unexplained World Internet Radio Broadcast with your host, Edward Shanahan, a paranormal, spiritual observer, and psychic reader, along with Annette, a high priestess and psychic reader. The Unexplained World is a location where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy, so enjoy. Welcome to the August 29th Sunday night broadcast of the Unexplained World with your host, Annette. Hello, Annette. I'm here, Ed. How are you tonight? I'm doing fine. And myself, Ed Shanahan. It's been a while, listeners. Uh, me and Annette have been pretty much very busy. Um, she started up a school, and I'm basically booked every weekend until November. So um, it's been a couple of weeks. We need a little break to uh, charge up our batteries, or for some of us, keep them charged, and, uh, mm-hmm. but we're happy to be back, and um, thus, our guest tonight is going to be Mr. Zen Garcia, and um, with his book, Lucifer, Father of Cain, and that will be in a couple of minutes, so on that, how's the new school doing? Doing really well. Everybody had a great first week, so we're very excited to see it, uh, you know, to see it just continue to have the kids blossom and learn environmental issues while they're learning all their ABCs and 123s. And I want to give a shout-out. Happy birthday to my dad tonight. Okay. Happy birthday to him. Listeners, I would like to say that our next show will be probably September 12th. More information, just become a friend and um, Blog Talk Radio with our show. But coming in September is going to be Overnighter at the Haunted Farm in Shannon, Illinois. We just had one um, a couple weeks ago, and then that, that fans went over two and a half hours. It was wow. that place. Busy, it, huh? Yeah, very, very active. Um, yeah, everything from we... We got some video, we got some footage, and that hopefully we'll get up on the website. The the paranormal oh, group, exciting. Perry Street, Perry, ah, tonight. Prairie State Paranormal. They've been involved in everything since May, and as Annette knows, I've been booked almost every weekend. So they got a lot of footage to still get through, but um, we hope to get it up soon. And so uh, we'll be back there in September, September 25th, November. Um, then comes the whole Halloween week. Um, weekend. We're going to have the 23rd is going to be a full moon over the static side. That's already been filled last month. It's already filled up. Halloween week, we got um, a free night on Friday, October 29th. Ghost stories and psychic readings at the static side in Willow Springs. Um, it's going to be open mic. For ghost stories um, As Annette knows We did that about five years ago When the Stag's Head was known as Rickety's And we had standing room only uh, This time it's nice Because if you want to sit down for a meal You can actually re- reserve a seat um, Ahead of time More, de- more nice. details gets, Yeah more details as it gets closer Then the night before Halloween October 30th All Hallows Eve at the Haunted Teaker Cottage Mansion in Rockford, Illinois. Um, tell you the truth, there's only about three openings left for that. And um, the nice thing is the seance will start on Halloween morning, after midnight, October 30th, which will be Halloween morning. So we'll save the seance for that. And uh, the rest of the stuff is private parties, uh, private events um, coming up. And Annette's been basically handling the stuff that <laughs> the, the ratings, the house parties, I can't get to. 
So um, yeah, I've been having a lot of fun, Ed. I'm sorry you're missing out on these because some of these bachelorette parties, everybody is so fun, and we're having a great time doing readings in the round, and everybody just gathers around and gets excited for whoever is receiving the reading at the moment. It's been a lot of fun, so I'm sorry you missed out. <laughs> well, that's why I picked you, and you're the only one. Yeah, I I'm happy. I'm and having a ball. Good, good. What do you think about us getting to Mr. Garcia? Oh, we I'd love to talk to him. He's got so many things to talk about. Okay. Hello, Sam, are you there? I am. Much appreciated. I'm glad to be here with you. It's a privilege. Zen, welcome. Thank you Thank for you. coming in. Thank you for coming in. We got a preview of your book, and I'm also looking at your um, blog post that you put on Fallen Angels TV on Blog Talk Radio. And um, very interesting, very interesting. Why don't you give – let me, let me start off. Then to be fair to you and our listeners and Annette and me, that Annette is a high priestess, okay? I'm Catholic Christian, um, but I believe in uh, unity of faith. So um, basically open to other faiths. And so giving you that background. Yeah, I started out extremely Catholic also, so I I have some... (laughs) Yeah, lots of Catholicism under my belt. <laughs> what is your book about? Uh, well, basically, it's a, a different interpretation on scripture um, because I feel like people are not reading it the way um, it should be read. And the only reason I say that is because I have spent the past twenty years uh, studying many different religions, all the extra-biblical texts. uh, And in putting all of that together, once you read all of that, it's like um, putting a jigsaw puzzle together. There's an underlying truth that seems to permeate to the surface once you, as the seeker, put forth the effort enough to find these things out. And so um, I could give you the premise of the book, basically is uh, about what happened in the garden, uh, Genesis chapter 3, all of what happened in the garden with uh, Lucifer, uh, the forbidden fruit, uh, Eve, and Adam. Uh, whereas everybody thinks, you know, that was maybe she ate some kind of fruit or ate something that, you know, opened her eyes or whatever. I interpret that in a different way only because of the prophecies that are given right after the event takes place. And so what happens in the garden, in my interpretation and what I uh, convey is that actually it was an act of sexual lust that Lucifer seduced Eve and impregnated her with Cain, who was not the firstborn son of Adam, but the firstborn son of the devil. And that's why he was also the first murderer and liar and the first deceiver. And he killed his brother. And if you study the different lineages and the bloodlines going all the way through the Old Testament and the New Testament, you find that Cain was left out of Adam's bloodline because, in fact, he was not of the lineage of Adam. And that um, Genesis chapter 3.15 talks about the enmity between the bloodlines. And so what you have here on this planet now, even with us moving and accelerating towards the end of days, is still the perpetual war between these bloodlines, and that's why we see uh, purveyance of evil still in the world is because there is a whole bloodline is dedicated uh, completely to evil, just like there's you know a good bloodline that's dedicated to Yahweh and serving Yahushua. Okay, when oh, you say brilliant, <laughs> when you say uh, extra biblical books, these are books that. Uh, they didn't include in the Bible, right? Because basically it was pick and choose what would go in there. Am I correct on that? Uh, Absolutely. Well, not even pick and choose. I feel that the Council of Nicaea, they were more into hiding the truth and taking things out to keep the masses dumbed down and ignorant of what was really going on. And so... um, 
so that's why we only have 66 books included in in a canon when there's 10,000 texts out there. Where could people find these? Uh, you can. There's different sites like sacredtext.com. Um, there's many different uh, websites that have all these, but you can also get collections of books like I have. I I, get, I have gotten the the New Testament Apocrypha, the Pseudepigrapha, the uh, old apocryphal books, the Nag Hammadi Codices, the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, and the Colburn Bible is a, a new release. And so there's a lot of wisdom teachings um, that are related to the Word that are now out that if you have knowledge and you have experience of them, then what is revealed through the Word is completely different from what is being taught in um, seminaries or even on the pulpit or in any um, church anywhere. Hmm. Real quick then, let's go back for a second. When you were talking about good versus evil or the personification of Cain versus Abel clans or two sides, mm-hmm. um, yes. would you say that um, that we would consider that, oh, North America and some other continent or we're all blended and mixed together, and we're right in each other's faces with Cain versus Abel. Yeah, we we are all mixed now. We're I don't know if you have studied the word yourself, but there's a particular um, passage in Matthew chapter 24 where the Lord is talking about how, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the second coming of the Son of Man. And what He's talking about is the passage from Genesis 6 where it talks about the Nephilim descending from the, the leaving and abandoning the first estate and descending to the earth and uh, marrying the daughters of man and creating a race of giants, this race of uh, hybrid beings that became known as the men of renown, the uh, pantheon of gods that we see, the fallen angels that have been worshipped ever since that time. But it was during that time that they were intermingling into the affairs of humanity they were involved in things like cannibalism and uh, the drinking of blood, different things that, because before the flood, there nobody ate any flesh at all. It wasn't until um, until the giants came in, and they were the first ones to actually cannibalize both um, beasts and humanity. And so that was the reason why the flood came on the earth and Noah was spared and uh, repopulated the planet and given everything and told to multiply and be fruitful. Um, but that was also why there was a covenant for him to not, because he was given the right to eat meat with that covenant so long as it did not have the blood within it, because uh, the Bible talks about how the blood is the life force. You know, within what you're talking about, Zen, I can hear some Greek mythology stories coming to mind as well. Um, oh, absolutely. Do you find that in your studies that you see overlaps with those kinds of texts? I, actually, my work unifies all of that because I explain who those individuals are, who the pantheon okay. of these gods are. Because um, people think it's... And you oh, consider those in your work, do you? Oh, absolutely. They're very cool. relevant, just as relevant as everything else, I believe. Right. <laughs> About on the same scale, I'd say, in my opinion. Okay. That's very yeah, interesting. But, uh, That's very interesting. Can I give Go you ahead. a quick example? Um, Please. This is from the Protoevangelion of James. It's a uh, 4th century CE uh, text about the infancy of Christ and um, before he was actually born. And this is a story about Joseph coming up... Uh, and finding Mary pregnant. And so it goes like this. Now it was the sixth month with her, and behold, Joseph came from his building, and he entered into his house and found her great with child. And he smote his face and cast him down upon the ground on sackcloth and wept bitterly, saying, With what countenance shall I look unto the Lord my God? And what prayer shall I make concerning this maiden? For I have received her out of the temple of the Lord my God, a virgin, and have not kept her safe. Who is he that hath ensnared me? Who hath done this evil in mine house and hath defiled the virgin? 
Is not the story of Adam repeated in me? For as at the hour for his giving thanks, the serpent came and found Eve alone and deceived her, so hath it befallen me also. And Joseph arose from off his sackcloth and called Mary and said unto her, Oh, that that was cared for by God, why hast thou done this? Thou hast forgot or forgotten thy Lord thy God. Uh, just reading this one sentence real quick. Is not the story of Adam repeated in me? For as the hour of his giving thanks, the serpent came and found Eve alone and deceived her. So hath it befallen me also. So Joseph is basically talking about in this story how he's found Mary who was betrothed to him because he was widowed and he was an older man and she didn't want to be married. She was 14 years old and she wanted to hold on to her virginity. Um, they, he was, she was betrothed to him and he found her pregnant after he came back from working out in the field. Out in the, he was a construction, a builder. And he spent yeah. six months out there and came home and found her pregnant. And so he's saying that the same thing that happened to him also happened to Adam and that it was the serpent that impregnated Eve. Okay. So that's what he declares. But now then do you see that as saying, and may I be so bold, that Jesus is the son of Satan? Is that what the comparison is trying to say? No, 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 no. Well, we know because... No, no, because... Mary had an immaculate conception. If you study the first part of the... Because the way you read it, it says, as Eve, so is Mary. I can see where Joseph is saying, oh, it seems like you've been deceived by the devil, woman. Right. But... He doesn't know who it was that had... Can you put more literal... You know, can you make it more literal than that? Just as you interpreted Eve's... You know, eating a forbidden fruit was the same as her becoming, uh, conceiving a child of Cain. So could you say the same about Mary? Or you don't agree with that statement? No, because Mary was not seduced by the serpent, and she gave um, birth through immaculate conception. Uh, And we know that from other texts, not by just this one. Yeah, I know it by many different texts, yeah. Okay. Uh, And I can can tell you the... the, You see where I'm coming from, well, the, with the full story of the conception, when Mary was pregnant, uh, Abraham and her were in the desert. They took her to a cave. Abraham went to go find a midwife, and he, she, he found this woman named Salome, who was one of the three women that witnessed the, the death of Christ. But he brought okay. Salome back to the cave, and then they also found a midwife, and the midwife came to help Mary give birth. And when they came into the cave, there was a bright, 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 bright light that blinded them to the point where they could not see. And then when they walked in, they heard the baby crying. The baby was in Mary's arms. And she checked to see if Mary was a virgin. She actually um, put forth her finger, and when she did, her arm was withered. But then the, the angel came down and told the midwife to hold the baby and the baby would heal her. And so that's a whole other story. But, but yeah, yeah no, the, the, <laughs> that was an immaculate conception. And what happened with Eve is that okay. she was actually seduced by the serpent. Okay, that, I got a question then. Okay. Sure. Why the hell did Adam get punished then? Why did who get punished? Adam. They Adam? Were, um, yeah. Because he, um, he didn't he didn't keep his wife. And he didn't warn her or tell her about uh, not eating fruit from the tree of life. See, when the Lord warned him, he it was his place as um, her caretaker okay. and to warn her about that. But he never did. They were only nine hours in paradise. And see what happened. When Adam and Eve were actually in paradise, paradise is not this where we are here on this planet. Paradise is in the third heaven, and that's um, also, there's a separation, there's a lake there, but there's also perdition on the other side. But anyways, um, they were actually angelic beings, and when they were seduced by Lucifer, that's when Eve became pregnant with Cain, that's when their bodies were changed, 
they lost their bright natures. And this is from a text called the Forbidden Books of Eden, the first book of Adam and Eve and the second book of Adam and Eve, where their bodies undergo transformation and then they become aware of, you know, they have to now learn how to walk. They have to learn how to eat. Just like in Genesis chapter 3, where the Lord turned to the serpent and tells him, he curses him and puts him on his belly and says, I'm going to put enmity between your seed and her seed, meaning there would be war between the bloodlines, uh, and then told Eve that she was going to now be sorrowful because she was going to give birth to a child. He already saw that she was pregnant with Cain, and he told Adam that he was now going to have to work the soil to bring forth sustenance because they were now going to be in the flesh and bring forth progeny, bring forth children. This second, what is called the second world age, would only last a period of 7,000 years. And at that point, there would be a judgment, and then those that were, um, you know, the that are wicked and that serve evil, they would be eradicated from, you know, the parable of the wheat and the tares, the harvest at the end of the day. Okay, for our listeners, we have Zen Garcia, author of the book, Lucifer, Father of Cain. Um, reading some of your, what you posted in a blog, um, you talk about UFOs and what else? Uh, reptilians and alien mythology exist dating farther back than even recorded history. Um, what prevalence, what, what, where do you go with that? Uh, it, it's the same. It's the same thing that, um, as far as Genesis six with the Watchers, the Nephilim that came down and made it with the daughters of man. That's the same thing as the UFO, fallen angel, uh, ancient astronaut, alien phenomena, whatever you call it. It's the same thing. Those are the Anunnaki, the Nephilim, uh, the reptilians, the shapeshifters, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they are the ones that have been here since long before even humanity was here. They were banished and kicked out of heaven on the second day. Uh, from the second to the sixth day before Adam was even created, this fallen angel, Anunnaki race of beings, they had free reign and they roamed the planets in this solar system and they set up civilizations even here on this planet. There are megalithic structures that are found all over the solar system that have been put in place by these particular beings um, that are now banished here to the earth, but it's all the same phenomenon. Uh, you can study the Book of Giants, uh, the Book of Enoch, uh, the secrets of the Book of Enoch, and all those things talk about uh, the fallen angels and give much more detail. You can read my book because uh, I cover the Kebra Nagas, all the extra-biblical books, Jasher, Jubilees, um, all of them. And, and I pull out all the particular texts that are linked and connected and tied to this particular phenomenon that we're dealing with that nobody can rightly explain and that many people are confused and deceived about. Now, doesn't your web your webpage have a uh, photograph of, uh, I believe it's yours, one of the the giants or something that was found, what they would consider the giants, was that on your website? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And what's your yeah. website for? Fallen Angels. Tell us the website address for the people. What, yeah, the, my website is uh, www.fallenangels.tv. Okay. All right. Because um, you do have a picture of, now where was that picture taken? Uh, that was Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, um, the, one of the mound builders there. Because uh, even here in, in the United States of America, you, you see all these different mounds that are uh, littering the landscape all across the southeast, the northeast, the midwest, uh, all these particular mound structures. Well, those mound structures, when you excavate them, you'll find that they contain uh, the... Um, the bodies of giants and include their armor. Um, sometimes you'll find bronze books with them. Um, you'll find like Celtic and Egyptian hieroglyphic kind of stuff. Um, all that is connected because, you know, they were, Does they were the ones that. Carbon dated? Do we know how old that is? Excuse me? I said, is that been carbon dated? Do we know how old a tomb like oh, that would be? Um, 
yeah, I think all that was like, uh, well, you know, the Smithsonian, they they are actually hiding evidence of the giants because they um, are are you know um, backing up the Darwin theory and that we come from monkeys and all that. But the and also there's an article right under that one uh, with the photo of the giant that talks about how the Smithsonian has covered up, you know, in all the instances of all the bodies and because there's been many hundreds, thousands of skeletons that have been found just in this country alone uh, that we do not have access to that have been whisked away and never heard of again. But yeah, a lot of these beings, um, you know, because the Bible talks about that there were giants before the flood and after. Uh, we've got the stories of David and Goliath and things like that. But even um, Caesar uh, and and Alexander the Great, they have stories of fighting giants. Um, and also, you know, Magellan and the, the different explorers that came across um, and met giants in South America and Patagonia and different places like that. Okay. Kind of smacks of the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. (laughs) Being hidden away. No one can ever see it or know about it. Yeah, exactly. So you're saying that there's, at the start of time, or um, beyond Adam and Eve, there was actually two bloodlines. Um, Yeah, there's actually two bloodlines. You know, just like the parable of the wheat and the tares. Um, it's it's the same kind of thing. Okay. What um. All right. Then who would have been Adam's mate if Eve was Satan? Who would have been Adam's? Well, no, Eve mated with both Adam and Satan. First mated okay. with Satan. It was like Satan. a one-time, you know, a one-time thing. She was meant for Adam. So right. Right. Right, and then once they were banished here to the earth, they were married in the eyes of God, and then they became a couple. And then uh, Cain, you know, he left and went to the land of Nod to the east, and he, uh, he, both him and Abel, um, there's different stories. Some say that they both were born with blood twin sisters, and um, some, you know, the regular book of uh, Genesis doesn't cover who they married or their wives, so... We don't know, but we do know that some woman did help propagate the lines. Okay. Sure. Now, you got cannibalism and blood drinking back to ancient times and how they are associated with the legends of werewolves and vampires. Would you want to explain a little on that? Sure. And this, again, goes back to before the flood to the watchers and the, and and the uh, the Canaanite tribes because they were worshipers of the fallen angels and they actually became blood drinkers and um cannibals uh the giants were the first ones to eat flesh and to to eat um you know bodies of, of beast or man and so um and that's why, you know, we had the flood come in and the restored covenant with Noah saying that he could eat the meat, but that he could not eat it so long as it had the blood within it. And that was as a condemnation to um, the giants. But what happened after the flood, since the giants were a hybrid being, they were part angelic and part earthly uh, woman they were hybrid beings and they could not propagate their line. And so they had no part in salvation and they were condemned in the flood to once their bodies died to become wandering souls and demonic spirits, uh, disembodied spirits. And, and so these particular Nephilim beings, these creatures, these reptilians, whatever, they're shapeshifters as well. Um, they are what the, the people that really study hardcore black magic that are into the darkest, most evil Luciferianism that includes the sacrifice of children and cannibalism and drinking blood and all these different things, um, they, those, um, those people actually at the highest levels of Satanism, they marry a fallen angel and they go two different paths, either the path of lycanthropy or the 
path of vampirism, and they um, they start lusting after blood. And I don't know if you know of a guy named Bill Schnoblin, but he was supposedly, uh, he says he's a 90th degree Mason, um, and that he was also a Catholic priest, and that he had spent much time in Masonic temples and all these different things. But he was very high up in that, um, in the dark arts. He believed he was a, um, I don't know exactly what he was into, but he was into some really, really dark stuff. And then he he wanted to kill his wife because he kept lusting after her blood, but he didn't want to do it. And so he actually uh, was able to repent and to save himself from that path. And, um, and now he's, He's walking a different road, but he gives a first-hand account of being at those highest levels and even talks about in his, his book called Lucifer Dethroned about how he mated with a fallen angel and that how that is one of the rituals at the high level. Hmm. In the Masonic Temple, that's so interesting. I'm going to look into that. And the royals, you know, the royal elite, the 13 Illuminati bloodlines that really control and are pushing the New World Order agenda yeah. and moving us all to world government, these are, they are dedicated. Those are the ones that are dedicated hardcore to the most vile of evil. Um, you can go listen to uh, a lady named Arizona Wilder. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but she gives a testimony because she's part of the Illuminati bloodlines and the families, and she talks about the way they are sadistically raising their kids and the abuse and torture that they put them through just to make them cold and cruel and calculated. I mean, it's it's just, it's very sick. Oh, how can we get your book, Zen? Tell us how people can get the book. Is it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or one of those? Yeah, you, well, you can go to lulu.com, L-U-L-U.com. You can go to amazon.com. You can also, there's a, a link on my website, fallenangels.tv, in the upper left-hand corner. You can click on that. Um, yeah. Or just type my name and, you know, Kane or Lucifer, and it'll come up as well. Got a question from one of the people on uh, chat board. They are wondering if the Giants... If the, the items of the giants that were found, were they made of earthly material? Were they made of what material? Earthly material, organic earthly. matter. Oh yeah, yeah. Even um, yeah, they're they have our bones. Uh, the only thing that is different is that the giants have six fingers and six toes, and um, they have jaws that have two sets of teeth. Um, and of course, they're of grander size, and their uh, bones are, you know, a lot denser because they were had the ability to um, maneuver more weight, um, and, and because of their strength, you know, it gives a accounting of the different the spear that um, you know Aga Bashan was using, and the the uh, amount of weight that it must have weighed, and. Um, they were very, very strong, not like the giants that we have with us today that are um, kind of genetically um, frail and, and not able to, you know, because of their size and distribute their weight and uh, manage even a long lives. We're talking about giants that in the beginning lived up to thousands of years, um, 500 years after the flood is what they're uh, the Book of Enoch talks about their lifelines were reduced to, but before the flood they had long enduring lifelines, and they, you know, we have all the mythology. If you study the mythologies of different oral traditions around the world, you yeah. find two things. You'll find that there's a prevalence of reptilian history and mythology and literature, as well as mythology of giants and how they were here upon this planet and this earth um, and and so we we have a reality that we're not being taught about that nobody really knows about that is being frowned upon if it even is brought out in suggested dialogue um, how can people know the truth you know it's, it's no wonder that they're 
uh, so confused. Now, would you? Now, is there any possibility they're always mystified about how the pyramids were built? Any pos- What's your feeling about that? Anything in the books on that? Uh, well, first, you know, going back to the size of these particular beings, if you're talking about, um, like, there have been some skeletons that have been found in the 35-foot region that we know about. And if you can imagine a being of that size, uh, then then the, you know, as far as creating the particular blocks for a being that size, it would not be difficult to to um, quarry these particular kind of stones and carry them and, and travel them. But also the technology that the fallen angels had prior to even humanity being created on the sixth day was way more advanced than what we're even dealing with in our modern, what we call modern world or modern technology. Mm-hmm. We, the fallen angels, when the flood came, when the Lord brought the flood and wiped out you know, their seed line, the giants and the, their cannibalistic ways, he also covered up much of their, what was then their civilization, you know, and their culture and their technology. And a lot of what they had created and evolved and uh, gathered up until that time had vanished. And so that was one of the reasons why they began also again to um, lead humanity in advancement so that they could guide us in creating some of that technology that they lost prior to the flood. Okay. So you're saying the flood wars wiped out their bloodline then? Too, right? Was that the... well? Partially. Remember, it says that there were giants in the land before and after the flood. That the king Og of Bashan, we have stories of him, and that when Israel was sent into the promised land, and Moses sent the spies into the land, the land of Bashan was full of giants. Uh, their produce was even of giant size. The people were afraid to go into that land to inherit it, but the Lord was going to go to war against the seed line again. And he told them, as sure as I brought you out of Egypt and left you free from Pharaoh, I will give you this land if you just trust in me. So they gave trust to the Lord, and he used even meteorites to kill these giants and made the sun stand still for a whole day um, as Joshua was wiping out this abominable seed line. Now, then do you have a belief in all this personally, or you give us this information because of all your studies and you just want it to be presented? In- no, I, I do. I believe um, not everything, of course, but uh-huh. I do believe, yes, because I have confirmed and reconfirmed, not just from the Word, but, you know, I have been, uh, I've read all the Sumerian teachings, all the different world religions, all their mythologies. Um, you know, I studied everything. I've even studied, you know, the Necronomicon, the Gogesha, uh, very dark books. I, I read everything and put it all together in my own discernment. And I always tell people to not believe anything that I bring forth, but to go out and do their own research and verify the things that I'm saying or, or you know, nullify them if you can. Good. Very good. Very good. All right, with all this knowledge that you've been able to dig up in that, um, what do you think the future holds? That was my question. (laughs) Does any of this tie into 2012 or other things that we've heard before, apocalyptic-type situations for us in the near future? All right, well, I'll tell you from my study of the Word, I believe that we're going to move into a seven-year tribulation sometime either this year or next year, and that after that three and a half years, not only the Nephilim but the Antichrist will be revealed, um, and that part of that great deception is that the Anunnaki guards are the creators of humanity, and that is all going to be played out, and many people will be deceived. The Lord says that even the elect should be deceived if it were possible. Another thing that is said in the Word is that Unless the days be shortened, there should be no flesh left. 
Um, the, what we are about to experience as a world collective are the hardest, most difficult times ever in the lifeline and timeline of humanity. Uh, we are about to go through a refining process that is going to do that which is talked about in the harvest with the separation of the wheat and the tares. We are about to go through the threshing process and the the tares are going to be separated from the wheat. Um, those that have route evil in the world, and I'm talking about the wicked, the elites that um, that are kings and queens over populations and are knowingly slaughtering and poisoning their populations and denying them equal rights and freedoms and food and access to simple quality of life and health care and all these different things. These kind of evil, evil people that are dedicated to the New World Order and to the One World Government system and to the Antichrist uh, the, um, that is about to be also launched upon the world, um, those will be the tares and that will be, there will be a separation. I'll read real quick. This is what the Lord said. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went to the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. And he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of the Father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. See, a lot of people teach that this magnificent shift that is coming, that there's only good connected to it, that there's no hell and that, you know, we're all going to evolve together or all these different things. But people are denying that there is a judgment. And there is a judgment. There is a book of life and all that is going to be unfolded sure. and unveiled. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. And all that is upon us. We are the big tree generation. Uh, the most important thing that happened in our lifetime was the recreation of Israel, May 14, 1948. When that fig tree bloomed, it says that that would be the generation that would see the second coming of the Son of Man. And we are that generation. What, what would be... Um, so the false prophet or is already here, basically. Yes, Absolutely. And the Antichrist is already alive. The Antichrist, in the flesh. I should say. Okay, the Antichrist is already here, would you say? Yes, alive and in the flesh. Who do you believe that to be? Um, you, name. you know, there's there's a lot of speculation that that will be connected to possibly uh, Prince William. Um, and because and, all, you know, that whole family line, they're all 33 to degree Freemasons, if you study about the royal elite. Queen Elizabeth is uh, owns one-sixth of the total land of the entire planet, enough land that it equals three times the size of the United States of America. Um, she's the richest woman in the world. She owns BP. Um, all, they control so much wealth and so much that if they wanted to, in an instant, in one day, they could turn all the suffering and all the poverty and all the the inequality un, that is going on in the world completely around and have more than enough for themselves, even after taking care of the rest of the world. Hmm. Huh. She owns that much, That's typically huh? the British way. <laughs> yeah, she owns one-sixth of the world. You can read it in a book called Who Owns the World?, a, a guy from um, England actually studied all the land ownership records of the all the different countries of the world, and he found out that Queen Elizabeth ended up owning uh, quite a bit of it. 
Matter of fact, there's only 15% of the entire population that owns any part of land. Um, 85% of the population is, does not own any land at all. There's enough land right now on this planet for each man, woman, and child born right now to have 5.4 acres each. There's more than enough room. The whole thing that we're overpopulated and there's not enough, that's all just a lie. Well, it's per capita, too. You know, I mean, there's only so much space, let's say, in China. I could see what you're talking about, though. Spread it out. Everybody could have a piece, but, yeah. Convince those people to move to those pieces of land. (laughs) Yeah, and 80% of the world's population live in urban centers. So, you know, most of the population lives in uh, cities. So then if you could give a piece of advice to our listeners Thank you. about upcoming events and so forth, what what would you donate? What would you tell the people? Well, the hour is late. So if you're not like a reader, um, I would suggest that you listen to shows like what you're listening to even right now. Um, spend your time wisely um, and prepare. I mean, prepare for... You know, doomsday like doomsday is going to happen because doomsday is upon us. Um, and I'm just, you know, whether you can get together some food, um, some water purifiers, solar radio, whatever. Uh, you know, my my opinion is is that we're about to be taken into the wilderness, and that no matter how much provision we take with us, that in 40 years in the wilderness we're going to run out. We're going to have to depend on the Lord. So my first advice is to definitely repent as much as you can and truly live your life for salvation because that is the golden opportunity of this lifetime. That is the thing, that the miracle uh, possibility that is upon us right now and that if you truly want part in eternal life and eternal rest and salvation where you no longer have to deal with evil or wickedness or the fallen angels or Satan or having to work and make money and survive or even having to bear children and, you know, work a job or any of that. We're about to embark in a whole new adventure. And uh, for those that want to take part in that, uh, you got to prepare prepare yourself for the journey, you know, because the journey is long. And so you're going to need certain things. You're going to have to get your map together, your backpack, the things you're going to need to make, it on that journey and so I I say to you and to everybody else out there uh, to get ready and to get busy and to get on it because uh, the hour is late don't be lazy your website is fallenangels.tv you also have another one I believe I'm looking at and what is it Endeavor Freedom yeah endeavorfreedom.tv Okay, but fallenangels.tv, you can find the book, you can find links to you and links to, like I said, the giant, the photographs of the giants and stuff like that. Um, one more thing, about, because I find the giants very interesting. I've heard it talked about before on Coast to Coast and everything like that. you think there's any bloodlines still roaming the I mean that we would recognize or see as giants? Or were they that huge that it would be beyond what we would consider? I I do believe, yes, that there are still giants upon the planet, and I believe that they are part of those that are living on the inner earth. Um, And I, I do, like, if you study Steve Quell's work, he was giving an account by a soldier in Afghanistan and this soldier was a helicopter pilot and he swears um, that he had a mission where he had to fly the body of one of these giants that was killed by special forces in Afghanistan and that he smelt the sulfury smell and saw the six-fingered and the massive size of the, the creature and the beast and so yeah, they're, they're still giants with us right now. And I believe also that as we continue to move on in the next 
few months and years, we're going to start to experience spiritual wickedness unlike we've ever experienced, except for as in the days of Noah, because that's where we are now. We are in as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the second coming of the Son of Man, meaning that we're going to experience the giants, the fallen angels, the Anunnaki gods, the Nephilim, uh, all these weird mythological strange things uh, are going to be upon us and the people of all over the world are going to start experiencing and seeing creatures that have never ever are, are you know, there are only mythologies for. And here's the strange thing too. Um, and it's been documented as, you know, wanting, you know, that it wants, that they want it to happen is now the internet is the greatest source of on the moment, you know, instant news basically. So let's say that information you said about the pilot in Afghanistan and the giant, okay? I'm sure that you know, it's became it became public in a roundabout way. The thing is the governments are trying to take access or control of the internet where they can shut it down at any time, including our government. So there seems like there is, like you're saying, if all hell breaks loose, pun intended, that what's the best source to cut people off? Survival is by controlling the one thing that's, you know, like a shortwave radio, basically, today, would be the Internet. So... Very, uh, very interesting, John. Very, very. But there's very some apocalypse, though. There's no internet. No, but very there's interesting. Nothing. <laughs> very interesting. All right, then. I'd like to say thank you for being a guest tonight. We only got a couple minutes, and uh, uh, like we said, if people want to come to your website, which I found very interesting, um, pages and pages of information, it's fallenangels.tv. And um, and you got your own radio show too, right? Yep, I was actually on today. I did a a show about the bombing of the Lower Ninth Ward because I, I made a movie about how the the levees were bombed and not they didn't were weren't breached from the hurricane. You can look that up too. It's on YouTube. Um, it's called the When the Levees Break: The Bombing of the Lower Ninth Ward. But I did a show with a guy who wrote a book. Uh, he about all those experiences. In New Orleans during Katrina? Yeah, during Katrina. The the levees the the hurricane had already gone east past um New Orleans and the levees had held up and they kept saying, Oh, we dodged a bullet, we dodged a bullet. But um uh, a hundred foot hole was blown into a steel reinforced concrete structure uh that was um I believe it was the London Canal br- um um bridge. I mean, levy system, and it, there were three of them. But, yeah, they, they were bombed, and there was testimony about it. Um, just look up that, that movie. It gives a lot of great information about it. Okay. Wow, you're a wealth of knowledge, then, just like the bombings of 9-11. Okay. That's why the people of the people, were, the mayor and everything were caught off guard, basically, Right. Right. Because they thought it had already gone past and they had survived it. But uh, the forces that be wanted the levees to fail. And when the storm didn't do it, they did it themselves. My poor Louisiana. We just can't get a break. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, What's the torture king and loss of habeas corpus that you got? Another movie. What's that about? Uh, that one is basically telling people about the torture that we have to stand up against the torture that our country is perpetuating against everybody and even uh, so-called terrorists that they have to be given their habeas corpus rights because according to the Patriot Act, any American citizen can be labeled a domestic terrorist just by being a patriot or a Christian or a constitutionalist. Uh, and that once you're labeled a domestic terrorist, you can have your habeas corpus rights stripped away from you. You can have your citizens revoked away from you, and you can be detained 
and tortured indefinitely and even have hearsay testimony used against you to cause you to be um, then killed. It's a bloody witch hunt. What's that? The witch hunt. Yes, exactly, and that's what they're doing. That was the whole reason they began and instituted torture to begin with is because they are going to target the American people. We are the prize. That's why we have to stand up um, and protect everybody's rights or we are not going to even have our own. And the elite, they want to be able to torture. They are that sadistic. That's the kind of things they enjoy. And then your final one is Cheney. What is it? Traitorous stand down of 9-11? What is that about? Yeah, that that movie is about how Cheney was down in the PIOC, the um, presidential control bunker, under the Pentagon, and how he was uh, maneuvering things through 9-11. And uh, Norman Mineta, who was the Secretary of Transportation at the time, testified to the 9-11 Commission that this one particular soldier kept coming in and out of the PIOC and telling him that there was a plane approaching the Pentagon. It's 50 feet out. It's 100 feet out. It's 10 feet out. And Cheney kept saying, no, don't do anything. Stand down, stand down, stand down. So um, in that movie, I exposed the fact that there was not a plane found at the Pentagon. Um, right. And that, that, you know, Norman Mineta, in fact, did testify to that. And then I bring out the whole thing with the World Trade Center 7 and how, you know, buildings don't just fall, even especially when they're not even hit by a plane. And concrete doesn't just blow up into dust and steel doesn't just melt away, you know. So, if it's yeah, hit by I'll a bomb. Out. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And they can find these movies on YouTube? Yes, on YouTube. Under what? Endeavor Freedom. Endeavor or just type my name. Okay. All right. Zach, then it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming out and talking to us tonight. Thank you. Answer. It was a pleasure and my honor. And, um, you know, love, to, love being here. Yeah, and Thank I will you. tell a uh, friend on your website, on your uh, blog talk radio. Fallen Angels TV. Thank you very much, son. Thank you, brother and sister. Uh, have a blessed right. evening. You Let too. it be. That was very good. Very interesting. Very good. Boy, I I, I can't imagine the books in that man's house. <laughs> I'm sure he's got a library and a couple rooms long. And the uh, thing that's really, I love it when, you know, I, the guy could almost be a preacher, but he's not, with all the knowledge he's got, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, he just yeah. is very well read and has a good memory and is drawing these comparisons to share with everyone. Very good. And in the movie sounds very, very interesting, yeah. Yeah. Okay, listeners, thank you very much. We'll be back on September 12th. So that's a Sunday night, Grandparents' Day. Annette, I'm going to call you in a couple minutes, okay? Good night, everybody. Blessed be. Good night, and become a friend, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.